Welcome back to the Live 8033 podcast, where we want to live in view of the cross of Christ and give current events eternal perspective. I'm your host, George Helloa. So CNN recently released a study that claims that there are now as many Americans who claim no religion as there are evangelicals and Catholics. So according to the poll, the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, the nuns, have steadily been on the rise since 1972, and they now number around 23% of the U.S. population, up from about 5% when the poll was first taken. Now that's equal to the number of people who also claim to be Catholic or evangelical. Now I do want to dive into this poll in depth on a future podcast, but I want to point out one thing really, really quick. Uh, while mainline Protestants have declined over the same time period, those listed as evangelicals has actually also risen. And what this means is that while those identifying themselves with no religious organization has risen, so too have the number of people of a more committed faith, which is essentially what sums up what is considered the difference between evangelicals and mainline Protestants. Over 80% of Americans say that they believe in God in some form or another. Now, according to that's recent Pew Research. So we're not talking about atheists here, but we're talking about non-religious people, people who have distanced themselves from organized religious affiliations. Now, as the church, this can send alarm bells off in our heads. But what if we considered something that as Christians, we are and have always been designed for relationship, not religion, and specifically a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So on today's podcast, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a part of a message that I recently taught that demonstrates that we are meant for relationship with God. In the earlier part of the message, I compare Mary and Martha and their different responses to Jesus coming into their home. And, and, and I look at how one can represent religion and the other a relationship. And so here in this part of the podcast, I want to give you the five ways that the Bible demonstrates that you and I, that we are designed for relationship. So if you've been struggling to reach God through religion, if you've been doing whatever you think it takes to make God happy, then maybe this podcast is for you. Let's take a listen. So let me give you this. How do we know we're designed for relationship and not religion? I'm going to give you five ways, real quick, that the Bible shows us that you and I are designed for relationship and not religion, okay? First one is, is fun. And some of these words, you know, I try to keep them simple, but they don't always work. The language of the Bible is familial, not corporate. Think about it. When you read the Bible, you know, people say they don't organize like organized religion, Apparently, neither does God, because he doesn't refer to us as employees, right? He's, he's not there to profit as the manager. You know, the closest that comes is co-laborers, right? But we're also co-heirs with Christ. But the Bible says, uses these words. When it talks about us, it talks about that God is Father. Jesus is Son. We are sons and daughters of God. We are brothers and sisters. The Bible describes us as the family of God, the bride of Christ, friends of God. It's very, very personal. Okay? So the language of the Bible is familial, not corporate. Here's another, another thing. The gospel is conciliatory, not contractual. Okay? Conciliatory, not contractual. Reconciliation, the word reconciliation is, that the Bible uses is about restoring relationship, mending that which was broken, right? Be reconciled to God, the Bible says. So the gift of the cross is a restored relationship to God, a relationship broken way back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. God made sure through Jesus Christ that the barrier of sin that separated mankind from God was torn down by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's why when Christ died, the Bible is sure to tell us this, that the veil of the temple, 
the veil in the temple that separated the inner part of the temple from the Holy of Holies. It's a symbol of man's separation from God that when Jesus died, it was ripped in half from top to bottom. By the way, this was a very thick uh, fabric, okay? This wasn't just like one of these tablecloths. This was like dense fabric that ripped from top to bottom. See, in religion, our standing before God is contractual and transactional, right? As long as each party upholds their end of the bargain, does their part, the relationship will continue. But that is exhausting. And it always gives you a loophole. Anyone ever been part of a breaking a contract? I'm off the hook. You broke the contract. Yes. Okay? But that's not how this is supposed to work. It's, it's conciliatory. God did all the work, and all the work is done. What did Jesus say? It is finished. <laughs> God did the work in order to restore the relationship. So the gospel is conciliatory, not contractual. It's not, a, if you do this, I'll do this. And it's like, I did this. Grace, take it. It's done. We also know this. We know that God's motivation is personal, not professional. Right? As the creator of the universe, God has, has no obligation to his creation. Okay? He can do with us as he chooses. But he doesn't view us as a product, but as precious. All right? What does the Bible say? God so loved the world. That is the motivation of God. I mean, think about it. Does God, who needs nothing, gains nothing from us? Do, in, in, does he gain anything from entering into a relationship with us? I mean, as the God of the universe who has all the earth as the Lord's and everything in it, he doesn't, he doesn't need us. He doesn't have to do all these things that he does, but he wants to. Why? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. His motivation is personal not professional. And, and check this out. Jesus came to save people, not organizations. Not organizations. 1 Timothy 1.15 says this, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Paul writes, I think it's easy to get lost in the weeds separating the work God does as the church from the work of God does in individual hearts. And the church, us, we here, it's the body of believers, of individual believers. But the church is made up of what? Of individuals that have accepted Christ's sacrifice for them, right? Jesus didn't die for the Baptist church or the Presbyterian church or the Methodist church or the Catholic church, right? He died for you and for me. See, uh, denominations won't be in heaven. When we get there, you're not going to necessarily be able to look at somebody and identify an Episcopalian from an evangelical. We're not going to have different colored robes. There's not going to be a separate room. Okay? Does God use those institutions to further the gospel? Yes. But the people of God, the Bible says, are those who come to him in faith. See, Paul even addressed this idea in Romans. He says, he says the Jews, the Jews thought they alone were God's people, right? The Jews were like, we're the people of God. We're awesome. You know, and sometimes our churches do that too. We have to be careful. And I know that there is some bad teaching and bad denominations out there, and we're not going to, that's a whole other topic. But the fact of the matter is, is that, like I said, God came to save individuals, the people, not organizations. Paul addresses this in Romans. He says, no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision, the sign of their Judaism, merely outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly. Circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter, because his praise is not from man, but from God. So in other words, it's like God wants to work in your heart. He doesn't care what club you belong to, any of those things. He wants your heart. And so finally, how do we know that we are designed for relationship, not religion? 
It's this, because salvation is a person, not a program. Okay? Salvation is a person. Acts 4.12, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mankind by which we must be saved. That's Acts 4.12. I mean, I think the clearest picture that you and I are designed for a relationship is the fact that the solution to mankind's biggest problem, which is sin and separation from God, was not a to-do list. It's not the 12 steps. It's not membership, but it's Jesus Christ. Look, salvation was never about the Ten Commandments. Okay? It has always been about turning to God in faith through the finished work of Jesus Christ. It is he who is our Savior. It is a person who actually lived, a person we can talk to in prayer, a person we can look forward to coming back. If we were designed for religion, Jesus was unnecessary. Okay? God could have said, do this and don't do that. But it was never his intention. In fact, the Bible tells us that the, the commandments, the law, was simply a tutor, a teacher, to bring us to Christ that we might be justified in faith. That's Galatians 3.24. The purpose of the law wasn't to say, do all this and be perfect. It was to say, here's what you can't do, but here's what I will do. Now fulfill this in Jesus Christ. I mean, if there's any doubt that you and I are meant for relationship, not religion, just look no further than the man of Jesus Christ. Well, so what? What's the so what here? Always good to ask as we wrap up and before we head into discussion time. Ask yourself this question. Are you trying to connect with God through religion or relationship, okay? Are you distracted with much serving? Uh, are you sitting, or are you sitting at his feet abiding? Because if, if you're answering God's knock on the door of your heart, it's not because he wants to see you running around exhausting yourself trying to be a good person. It's because he wants to have a relationship with you, a relationship that you were designed for, and a relationship that through Jesus Christ he made able to happen. Something to think about. Let's pray and we'll do discussion. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for reminding us that we were built to have a relationship with you. That you used to walk and talk with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And that relationship was broken uh, through sin. And but through Jesus Christ, you made a way to restore the relationship, to be reconciled to you. God, forgive us for the times that we try to get to you on our own effort. Because we're never going to be good enough. But that's why Jesus... That was never your intent. Your intent was always through Jesus Christ to, to make a way, the only way that we could get to you. God, I'm grateful for that. Thank you that you loved us enough to call us sons and daughters, to restore the relationship so we might know you and be with you and, and spend eternity with you. God, let us wrestle with this idea and make sure that we really take it to heart. Am I trying to be Martha or, or Mary? And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So there it is five ways we know we are designed for a relationship with God. And if you don't already have one, it's so easy to start. Just ask. Ask Jesus to forgive you, uh, to forgive you of your sins, the things that get in between you and God. Ask him to come into your life. It's really, truly that easy to believe that he died for your sins and was buried and three days later rose again to everlasting life. It's the first step in a long and beautiful relationship. If you'd like to hear the full version of this message where I talk about Mary and Martha, head over to patreon.com slash live8033. If you're a supporter of the podcast, you'll get to hear the whole thing. If you'd like to know more about a relationship with Jesus, if you have thoughts, comments, or just want to say hi, go ahead and email us at live8033 at gmail.com. And please, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, uh, share it with your friends. And if you'd like to partner with us and help make the podcast happen, 
visit our Patreon page and come become a supporter and help get this uh, podcast out to reach other people with the Word of God. Our music today and all, every day is by Lee Rosebeer, and you can check out his stuff at freemusicarchive.org. As always, my name is George Hellowa. You've been listening to the Live 8033 podcast, where we want to live in view of the cross of Christ and give current events eternal perspective. God bless you. We'll see you at the next podcast. <laughs>